Hey, Calvary family, this is Pastor Michael Grove here on the Bible Reading App. Today is October the 1st, and we are starting another book of the Bible. In fact, this is my favorite book of the Bible. We will be jumping into the book of Romans, so follow along if you can. Otherwise, let me read this over you, and in the end, I'll give you a few thoughts before we end our time together. So here we go. Romans chapter 1. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God the gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures regarding his son, who, as to his earthly life, was a descendant of David, and who through the Spirit of holiness was appointed the Son of God in power by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. Through him we receive grace and apostleship to call all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith for his name's sake. And you also are among those Gentiles who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. To all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be his holy people. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, because your faith is being reported all over the world. God, whom I serve in my spirit in preaching the gospel of his Son, is my witness how constantly I remember you in my prayers at all times. And I pray that now at last, by God's will, the way may be opened for me to come to you. I long to see you, so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that I planned many times to come to you, but have been prevented from doing so until now, in order that I might have a harvest among you, just as I have had among the other Gentiles. I am obligated both to Greeks and non-Greeks, both to the wise and the foolish. That is why I am so eager to preach the gospel also to you who are in Rome. For... I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. For in the gospel the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. For although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God, nor gave thanks to Him. But their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God For images made to look like a mortal human being, and birds, and animals, and reptiles. Therefore, God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie, 
and worshipped and served created things rather than the Creator, who is forever praised. Amen. Because of this, God gave them over to shameful lusts. Even their women exchanged natural sexual relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed shameful acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their error. Furthermore, just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, so God gave them over to a depraved mind so that they do what ought not to be done. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They have no understanding, no fidelity, no love, no mercy. Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these very things, but also approve of those who practice them. This concludes the reading for today. Let me give you a few thoughts before we end our time together. Okay, so let me jump into this because like I said, this is my favorite book of the Bible. Let's start with Paul's greeting. He starts with verse 1 and says, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. Paul is humbly admitting that he is no more than a servant. In fact, this is the attitude of Paul all the time. He even calls himself a slave to the gospel. He knows that it is his role to do whatever it takes to preach the gospel. That is why he's willing to even lay down his life just to preach in Rome, which, by the way, is his end goal. So as he writes this letter, he longs to be with them. Now, here's another interesting part. He says in verse 11, I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. Now listen to verse 12, because he amends this a little. He says, That is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. Okay, now take this into consideration for just a moment. Here is the man that is writing letters and preaching and encouraging the entire New Testament church. And he says, I long to be with you that they may mutually encourage each other's faith. In other words, Paul, the one writing all these gospel letters, longs to be with this new group of Christians that are in the Roman Empire because he wants to be encouraged by them as much as he wants to encourage them. Why? Because Paul understands something, that this gospel message is a corporate thing. Our faith grows as we interact with other believers, not just those that are stronger in their faith than us or who have more Bible knowledge, but our faith grows as we share with one another and sharpen each other. For Paul, that could look like him sharing his faith or even perhaps him just answering questions of the believers that are there. And as he answers those questions, he knows that he will grow in his faith by defending what he believes. It's why it's so important for us to be in community with other believers. We must grow. 
And you're never too mature to grow with other believers, no matter where they're at in their faith. That's why going to church on a regular basis is so important, friends. We must be in a community that helps us grow and that we can help others grow at the same time. Now, understand the immaturity of where these people are, because as we progress through the rest of this, we realize that they have traded in their faith for things and customs of the world around them. And right here in the first part of his letter, he goes straight into addressing the sexual immorality that is causing them to lose their understanding of God's plan for them. I've heard these verses used in so many ways. Just so you know, Paul is straightforward addressing the fact that homosexuality is wrong. This is not anything else than him saying God had a plan for sexuality And people have caused their lust for one another to destroy that plan. This isn't about forced sexual habits. This is straightforward talking about homosexuality. That's why he says, even their women, you ready for this? Exchanged natural sexual relations for unnatural ones. This isn't talking about forced sex as some people have said this is. And if there's any ambiguity in it, He then goes on to explain it for men. He says, in the same way. In other words, we're talking about the same thing here. The men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. He is addressing the fact that they are abandoning natural relations. And what is a natural relation as he's describing it here? A man and a woman. And they are abandoning that for same-sex relationships, and this he describes as shameful acts. And then he says they've received in themselves the due penalty for their error. But the final thought is the kicker. He goes through this list. He says that they have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips, slanderers, God-haters insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They have no understanding, no fidelity, no love, no mercy. And here's the big closing thought. Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these very things, but also approve of those who practice them. He's calling out right there the believers who think it's okay to justify sin so that they can get along with other people. He's saying not only do they continue to do these things, but they also approve of those who practice them. He's equating these two sins as being the same. If you practice them, or if you approve of others of practicing them, you're doing the same sin. You see, Paul is not ashamed of the gospel. He's not worried about what other people think. He knows he is a slave to the gospel. It's something that God gave him. And how did he give it to him? For the answer to that, go back to the beginning of this chapter. In verse number five, it said, through him being Jesus Christ, who he just said raised from the dead, we receive grace and apostleship. And listen to what that grace and apostleship is given for. He continues to say, to call all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith for his name's sake. 
And you also are among those Gentiles who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. Paul is making this a gospel for all people, and he knows it's the most important thing that they can do. In fact, it's something he is willing to give up his freedom for if he can just be there to help them understand it. And by the end of this book, you will understand he did just that. Because it was so important for him to help other people know God is good and he has a plan for their life if they'll just stick with it. That, my friends, is why this is my favorite book of the Bible. That's all the time we have for today. I love you and God bless. Oh, 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 o